This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the short code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here's some of what we've got for you on today's show. If you're saying that the MCAT score is low and it's not going up with enough practice, then maybe start to look at other ways to improve your resume. I don't know, but if you wrap cooked bacon around your neck and you're sleeping in my bedroom, you're gonna you're gonna feel something interesting in the middle of the night when I, when I need a little pick me up. Uh, joining me in the studio are my delightful, magical, and yet salt of the earth medical students, including M4 Nick Lind. Hi, Dave. We've got M1 Mallory Kalish on the show. Hello. Over here, we've got Matt Engelkin, who's also an M1. Howdy. And M1 Noah Wick. Hey, hey. Thanks for thanks for coming to to the show with me today to hang out with me on a Friday afternoon. I I like it. No, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> great. It's, it's so great to be here, Dave. Was, was that a called response? That's fine. Okay. It's fine. I don't expect you know when I speak, I don't expect people to respond. No, but you know. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, we're just going to sit here in silence for the rest of the podcast. It's it's all you, Dave. It's your show. Bunch of jerks. (laughs) Today's show is sponsored by, well, us, the Short Coat Podcast. If you listen on the regular, then I hope you'll help us support the show and get a free token of my thanks for it or some other stuff that we have coming up. We'll talk about that opportunity later on in the show. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) An opportunity. Uh this week, we've got a question from an anonymous listener I'm going to call Cuddles Mad Sparrow. Okay. I don't know why. It just just came to me. Did you do like one of those name generator things? Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Who's, <laughs> Is it like your first pet's name that you grew up on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cuddles is concerned about his specific career aspirations in medicine. Let's hear from Cuddles. I have a question about reapplications. I graduated from undergrad in 2021 with a major in biology and minors in biochemistry and music. My MCAT score was on the low end of a lot of schools I applied to, and I will more than likely have to reapply after retesting. My grade point average was often at or above averages of the schools I applied to. My problem is that my practice MCAT scores really have not been budging after months of studying. I am having a difficult time reconciling my long-term career goals, being an academic physician, with the reality that I just may not be accepted at the type of school I believe will best prepare me for that goal. An MD granting medical school attached to a large academic health center. It's hard to put it any other way. But when I have this goal in mind, attending a DO school or small, private, new MD school seems to mean I need to change the goal, or that it may be harder to achieve based on where I am and I'm not accepted. Is there a way I can change this mindset or new perspectives you could offer to help in this regard as I reapply to a list of schools that I did not picture myself attending when I started my pre-med path? Thank you, guys. I enjoy listening to you all while doing research in med labs. Got a local. Got a local on our hands. Whoa. Nice. Um, I, go yeah. ahead. 
Oh, I don't know. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. So, you know, I have some strong thoughts about this. You know, I just got off a rotation uh, with. Uh, I had a, a DO and an MD resident who were both interns with me and then an MD senior. And uh, I I don't know. I, I think that you can still get those opportunities in residency. If you really have that desire to, to have an academic career, there are plenty of academics here at the University of Iowa that have DOs. Yeah. Are they, oh. do, do you know, do you know of any who are doing actual research? I mean, not like right offhand. But That's I'm sure right. there are. That's all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there, I'm sure there are. Um, I mean, one of our one of our course directors last semester was a DO. So if you want to go into like the teaching side of academics, there's mm-hmm, plenty yeah. of DOs to look at at the at Carver that can show you that it's possible from the DO track. Mm-hmm. And I believe there are like uh, DO PhD track programs as well. So mm-hmm. I, I there mean, are. There are institutions where you can get plenty of research experience. You might want to seek that out specifically when you're applying to DO schools, but I I wouldn't count off all DO schools because you want an academic career. I think if you want an academic career, you can, you can make sure you get an academic career. Right. I think too, I mean, they had mentioned, right, that they're already a reapplicant. Right. Was or that, that was, no, they're going to, they're, they're now going to have to reapply. Now going to have to so reapply. They just yeah. got mm-hmm. denials and now they're. Coming. I mean, I think always, as always, with like applying to medical school, if you are worried or I think if you don't get in where you want to your first try, that's like your choice is to reapply. Or if you do go the DO route or apply to some other schools that might not be, I don't know, the way they were putting it in their ideal dream plan. You know, it is their choice whether or not if they want to reapply after. I think it's a little, I don't know, if it sounds like they already have, like, I want to be an academic medical professional, like, as my endgame career, and I think, you know, you need to reevaluate, and it's like, well, is it that I want to be a physician more so, or, you know, am I just trying to, you know, thinking, like, thinking a little bit too far ahead almost, it sounds like. Maybe, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know what underlies Mm -hmm. the desire for, for for research slash academic medicine, mm-hmm. he does mention research specifically as opposed to teaching. So we'll take him at his at that. We'll take that at face value. Yeah. So like one, you know, it depends what kind of research you want to do as well. So like if you want to do bench research, you're probably going to have to be at a in an institution where there's a lot of bench research going mm-hmm. on, both for medical school and and for residency. I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of time to do a lot of bench research in residency. There's not a lot of time to do a bench research in medical school either. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there are a lot of other research opportunities if you're doing like some sort of translational research, you know, doing uh, drug trials, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so Clinical I, research. Yeah. You know, research about even even research about medical school, research about, sure. you know, students and policies and how they affect the education experience, uh, research about patient experience. I mean, there's so many areas that I think you don't need to do bench science for. So, yeah, we, yeah, we don't know bench versus clinical for, yeah. you know, for uh, cuddles. Yeah. Also kind of going back to the main, like, 
cause of concern is that they mentioned that the main thing that they thought was wrong was a low MCAT score. But I mean, there's three M1s on the call that we've all applied and we've all been told a billion times that like a low MCAT score isn't enough to rule you out of places. It can get you like in the door for a lot of places, but there's a lot more to an application than just an MCAT. Right. So I know, for example, at CECOM, you can go to the admissions committee and ask why you were rejected um, yes. and get some personalized feedback because if you're saying that the MCAT score is low and it's not going up with enough practice, then maybe start to look at other ways to improve your resume, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, more research, more volunteering, more clinical hours, just better essays or like better reasons why, then there's a lot of ways to improve an application. So maybe if you're just unwilling to like quote unquote settle for a do school there's Mm -hmm. many ways to get into those top tier md schools without having an extremely high mcat just by improving some other aspects of the application right and this is what i was going to get into a little later but since you brought it up i did ask you know have you have you followed up with the admissions committees and he cuddles says that you know he's got an appointment here in march and mm. he's got he's got another offer to to do that with uh, one of his other schools. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he has a, I I suspect he doesn't have enough information yet to really decide that the MCAT score is right is his main problem. Yeah. It's yeah. easily identifiable as something that could be a contributor, but I don't think it's I don't think it's time to panic yet about your right. about your uh, long term ambitions. Also, we interviewed seven hundred people mm-hmm. for one hundred and fifty slots just because you didn't get in doesn't mean that your application wasn't worthy of of getting in there are some there is a lopsided equation here at work so as you as you said matt the the job at this point is to figure out how you can make yourself even better and does that mean bring up your NCATs or sure but there are other ways mm-hmm. also to that, that you that you can make yourself more more of a standout Mm-hmm. And I think some of those ways are going to be even more attainable if if like the MCAT is a really big concern and that's kind of what's stopping you, then some of those things that you might find more enjoyment in or might like have a better time doing might be those things that can get you across that line mm-hmm. um, where even if you don't touch the MCAT score, I know a lot of people like like they post the average MCAT score, but remember that half of the people at CECOM have a lower mm-hmm. MCAT score than that. So there's people yeah. with, you know, not perfect MCAT scores that are here that are doing great in med school. And I know a lot of them for the reason that they got in was because of all of those other things that just check the boxes that outcomes want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, places to look at it are uh, how strong was your why Iowa story mm-hmm. or why school x story and how strong was your ymd story Mm -hmm. as opposed to physician assistant or any number of other jobs that you could get in in healthcare? if those stories weren't compelling then that could be why your application got so so make sure that you're you know examining that as well as the sort of easier to look at Things like my scores and my grades and all that kind of stuff as to why you might not have gotten in. You know, one one other thing on the score as well. I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with that they might not realize until they get into the 
a pressure situation like medical school is, you know, really struggling with test anxiety and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So maybe Cuddles can really look at why he's struggling with, with MCAT scores and, mm-hmm. and what are some things that he can do to, to improve there as, yeah. as far as, you know, how to good test taking strategies. Maybe uh, there's like some anxiety there that's, that's causing him to struggle. That's something I personally struggled with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it took me until board exams, which is a really <laughs> un- unfortunate time uh, to, to try to work that out. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it would really be advantageous to get a handle on that before medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at some point um, during my, our back and forth, he did say that, that he doesn't test well. Mm-hmm. doesn't do standardized tests well it's a lot of reasons there, there's a lot of potential reasons for that mm-hmm. and anxiety could be one of them it could be you know i don't i don't know if he's you know underrepresented minority or first gen or mm-hmm. or all that kind of stuff where you know we know that standardized tests may not work well for certain you're you're applicants. telling me the mcat isn't uh 100 perfect <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I would. Crazy. I would never apply. Uh, wow. I would never imply such a thing. No. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's insane. That's you know, coconuts. it's interesting. I, I, you know, in the during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of a lot of undergrad institutions ditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, SAT and the ACT. We've seen step one go pass fail, mm-hmm. which is something that, you know. Uh, a lot of people have been asking for for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what the future holds for the, for the MCAT as far as a standardized test go? You know, am I skeptical that it'll go away? Yeah, I'm kind of skeptical. But also, like, I mean, who would have thought the SAT would be, yeah. you know, yeah. optional or, you know, whatever sure. a few years ago? Who the hell knows? I feel like if COVID didn't do it, though, nothing probably will. <laughs> yeah. Like, they ask people to sit in, like, a tiny room for seven hours straight in, like, the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, but... I I think it's I understand the desire to want to have like some like sort of grand idea of like this is your unbiased like across all schools this is like a raw just a raw assessment of your science knowledge and then but at the same time like it's not right it's not and then you get into errors with like is it actually accurate as assessing someone's capabilities to do well in medical school and things like that so well I mean. It may suggest that you'll do well in medical school, but what we know at this point is that it doesn't suggest whether you'll do well as a physician. Right. That's right. Fair. And yeah. so, right. That's, and I, that's something that I, I really think it needs to be looked at a lot more closely. I'm sure there's smarter people than me doing it. You know, out of curiosity, I did reach out to getting back to your initial point that there are DOs. I did reach out to uh, UI hospitals and clinics, our teaching hospital, to see mm-hmm. if I could get any numbers of DOs employed at our teaching hospital. There are 50 DOs. At the uh, University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics, like Dr. Sharon Larson, who is a clinical associate professor of CT surgery here and who we interviewed in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to go back and listen to episode. And some of my, as you said, you know, other co-hosts besides yourself have, have worked with mentors who were DOs, Nick. And, and as you said, there are DO PhD programs that you can search for. I know that in Iowa, um, Des Moines University has a DO medical school, which does feature a research program for students, not a DO PhD program. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain you can find others like that mm-hmm. where you yeah. might want to apply. And all schools, you know, can be classified in terms of their focus on research. Right. Me, you know, MD schools or DO schools. Mm-hmm. Some may be very strong in research. Some may may not be so strong. doesn't mean you can't do research at those schools, but some of them emphasize them more than others. We have a really strong research program and we also emphasize primary care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just happens to be our, 
our thing. So I, you know, you can definitely achieve your goal of academic physician, even if you're a DO. Absolutely. Which schools will be, will best position for you is, you know, you got to do some, some research. You got to do some calling around, call DO schools, ask that question and ask to speak to students involved with research at that school and ask them, you know, do you feel that your school is strong in research or do you have other, do you have other things that you, that you feel you're strong at? Okay. Sounds cool. Yeah. Right. Sounds great. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that, that Cuddles is, is a, in a little bit of a panic mode. Yeah. Um, I, and I can yeah. certainly emphasize with that because I catastrophize, as I've said on the show many times, when I have very little data to go on, my first thought is, well, I'm a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a piece yeah. of garbage. Right. Well, I, th- I think also, too, it's like one of those fundamental things where you have a plan yeah, and and you've and you've yeah. spent you know X amount. I think especially with you know pre meds and stuff, you spent four years you know like working towards a very specific goal, whether yeah. that be an MD or something. And now you're suddenly having to reevaluate that. It, it know, must be particularly. De- I don't know. Like it's always demoralizing to right. fail at something that you set your mind to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you know, everybody fails, and, and you know, of course, it's always a problem. But mm-hmm. you know, to to. To not achieve your goal, mm-hmm. I won't say failed, to not achieve your goal at what appears to be the first hurdle mm-hmm. right, is, you know, got to be particularly um, galling. Right. Yeah. And Cuddles hasn't even failed. I right? know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's a little bit of just reevaluating. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Cuddles. I yeah. didn't mean to say uh, yeah, that. It's just a setback. Yeah. It's a setback. Yeah. And, you know, reevaluating of, okay, do I, do I need to go to an MD school or a DO school? Like, do I need to go to a top 10 research school, you know, or right. something else? So. But it sounds like he thinks he failed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing to note also is like you, Dave, said that it's like the first hurdle, but also mm-hmm. remember that like, if you really like were able to succeed in undergrad, get that GPA to where you want it to mm-hmm. be, you've already had to go through a lot of things to even mm-hmm. like apply and get interviews. So mm-hmm. you've already made it through enough hurdles to mm-hmm. stay in the race. It's not like you should give up now or yeah. try to change your plan. Just see what you need to do to make sure that the next time you go through that hurdle, you have everything you need to get across it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, being on the other side where like I'm I'm winding down medical school mm-hmm. and heading to residency. I, I, I feel like I hear a lot of residency programs. Maybe they outright say this or they kind of describe, you know, the candidate that they're looking for as someone who has some grit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this could be a good story for someone to really demonstrate grit. And yeah, yeah, you can't have grit unless bad things struggles. have happened yeah. <laughs> yeah. to you. Right. <laughs> totally. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcodes at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. There are several of my friends that are graduating here very soon that applied multiple times. And Mm -hmm. and now they're almost at the end of of medical school. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I did ask that specific question of Rachel Ahern, our, our admissions specialist. Mm-hmm. And here's what she said. Throughout the past few cycles, around 20% of our incoming class have been reapplicants. But yeah, I mean, think about the numbers with 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 700 people applying for 150 spots. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The number of reapplicants is not insignificant. Yeah. You are you cuddles are not alone in this. So, take a deep breath, you know, Put your put your worries. See if you can put your worries on hold for a little while until you until you talk to admissions folks. Follow up with the with the schools. 
that didn't offer you a post-denial consultation and see if you can convince them to do it. That's our big thing right now. That's all admissions is doing right now. They're talking to the folks that didn't get in on their hmm. on in the last um, cycle to tell them how they could improve. Hmm. That's so, a great opportunity. It is a great opportunity. You don't. I don't. A lot of schools don't, don't do think that. A lot of schools. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing to note is I'm not sure what your plans are for reapplication, but given that the like meeting is going to be in March, maybe consider not reapplying immediately. Take a little time to let it simmer. If there's really big things, mm-hmm. give yourself time to actually be able to focus on those things. That's true. You may learn, you know, you were light on experiences, mm-hmm. you know, clinical experiences or, or, or meaningful clinical experience. What I, you know, like, sure. I don't, we don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, right. That might, but you're going to need time. If up. that's, if that's the sort of thing that's true, right. Then you're going to need time to, to correct that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the desire to like immediately sprint through all you of know, school, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you're still going to be a doctor. Yeah. 31 versus someday. 33. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you and honestly, you know, you're getting to live that life of while you're younger, you know, they not have to do medical school at that time, yeah. <laughs> and that's a little bit of a blessing. So, so. what you're live it up in your twenties. So what you're yeah. saying, Noah, is that you know, getting into medical school, it's not all it's cracked up. To. Yeah, <laughs> my my early twenties were I actually I... yeah, my early twenties were actually meant to be spent inside studying neuroanatomy. Yeah, there's a lot of people in our class that you know have taken those gap years yeah. that we talk about and. They have such like cool stories and cool life experiences that I mean, like I went straight through and I'm like, I don't know. I just graduated and now I'm here. It's like, don't shy away from gaining those cool experiences that give you like a unique perspective that I know me as a uh, straight through don't necessarily have. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's this thing that I always hear about um, going straight through mm-hmm. from undergrad to medical school. There's this thing I always hear that the advantage is, you know, it's that much sooner that you'll be making an attending salary. Right. And I don't know what it is. I mean, that's truth. Mm-hmm. That is technically true. I f- freaking hate that. <laughs> that that observation. Like, right. I get it. It's a thing to think. Nick, you're sure. big into finance, yeah. financial stuff. That's not <laughs> wrong. Adv- that's not wrong. Yeah. But give yourself a break. I, I think like. Okay, it's something good to think about. So I I took like a gap decade, but just to not a gap. That by there. the way, you had a career. Yeah, I had a career before. before <laughs> I, I wasn't just like chilling. Yeah, but he's yeah. like he's like you know, f- fat Thor. <laughs> you know, he's just doing nothing, <laughs> just doing <laughs> drinking nice. beers and playing video games with I, his. Buddies. I did some of that too, uh, <laughs> but not mutually exclusive. But yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, you're right, Dave. Like, if if you take an extra year for medical school, I mean, you are cutting out an attending salary. But what you know, I I think like a way to another way to think about that is. What are you getting out of different experiences? So like, you know, if you're going to throw on an MBA or if you're mm. going to go travel across the world, which you can't do right now because of COVID. But uh, <laughs> every time we bring, we bring up stuff like that, we have to put that little asterisk. There. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could do mm-hmm. that could be very valuable to you and worth, you know, that that extra time and eventually make you a better physician. You know. Exactly. And person. And human, person. You know. Yeah. Not good enough. I need to be making money now. Yeah. <laughs> now. It, and C- Cuddles is already, it sounds like, done something else with his life kind of before. He's not going straight through, right? 
Or am I? I don't have that information. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just making stuff up about Cuddles and his life. Let's make up more stuff about Cuddles. He's sweet. His little freckled face. So sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Just a great guy. He's just a good guy, you know? Such a good, (laughs) such a good guy. I'd love to go. If I was a younger man, I'd go on a date with Cuddles. Yeah. Just send Very this whole cuddly. thing to the admissions committees yeah. next time he applies. Yeah. That's all he needs. Be like, yeah. Hey, this is me. Know. Hear this? This is me. Cuddles is awesome. Yeah. Good luck, Cuddles. All the best to you. Yeah, yeah. all the best. You're going to get this. Stop by. Since you're since you're local, feel free to stop by and say hi sometime. Love to meet you in person and see if, if what we said today was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all or know. Or was helpful. <laughs> Probably most of the things out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, all bullshit. We, we give it our best shot. <laughs> we give it our best shot. Today's show is sponsored by us, the Short Coat Podcast. I called myself on the blower and said, Mr. Etler, our medical student podcast is a wonderful example of the power of communication, but we need to reach more people. What can you What can you and your fine show do to promote the show? What What can you and your fine do? <laughs> <laughs> What can you and your fine show do to promote our fine show? And I said, I have just the thing for you, sir. Just wait and see. First... Here's some things. Here are some things that you can do. Share the show on social media. Tag the short coat in your post and include the hashtags med student and pre-med in your post and say why you like the show. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a token of my thanks, a couple stickers maybe that you might like. You can also buy the stickers if you if you don't want to post anything on your socials. You can buy those and that supports the show uh, over at theshortcoat.com slash store. Also, you can also buy... One of our new acrylic pins, which I should be receiving in the mail Friday, February 8th, tomorrow, the day after this show is released. You're going to love it. I can't wait to lay my little eyes and hands upon them. Wait, Friday, February 8th is tomorrow? February 18th. 18th. I was like, wait a minute. Did I say February 8th? Yeah, 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 which is not a Friday and also not tomorrow. But I didn't think I was... It's the 11th right now. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why (laughs) I'm even sitting at this microphone. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I go back in time? Well, I thought I was crazy. Then I saw like three other people check the date. So I was like, okay, it's not just me. I'm here to amuse. Uh, Yeah. Yes. It's amusing. Tomorrow, Friday, February 18th, the day after this show is released, I designed it myself. And when they're gone, it'll be a while before I get anything else. So, Oh, and also one more thing. You could donate to the show whatever amount you think is appropriate. It's doing a lot of money. It's not real. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with it? What are you doing with that money? Look, I, I, you know, like to bring you the basic show, I've got the money I need. But to grow the show, I need more than I'll ever get from our tiny Writing and Humanities program budget. It's why I also occasionally take sponsors for the show. But if you, Shortcoats, enjoy the show, I hope you'll take a tiny amount of time or just a little cash to do what you can to help. Every dollar goes back to the show to make it better. Thank you. In Should advance. Also ask them to tag like Fauci and <laughs> yes. masks work, masks for all. I think that'll get us more exposure yeah. than med students. Yeah. We want to do good with our maybe maybe don't tag sheeple or something. Sheeple. <laughs> tag whatever you want. Whatever you be want. Fine. Whatever you want, but that's the only way to get the stickers, okay? All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. 
Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Doctors think they're so special. Mm. They think that just because they do research, D-O-R-M-D, <laughs> they have a high-tech equipment and vaccines. Oh, man, we're the best. Vaccines are great. Please get your vaccine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to minimize that. Huh? Well, I'll have you know. Oh. This week, I read in the New York Times that many of our animal friends practice medicine, too. You don't mm. just have to be a homo sapien. You can be a chimp. Sure. The article said... Recently, scientists observed chimps using insects on wounds, Mm. their own wounds and those of others, possibly as an example of folk medicine. Hmm. Huh. Chimps. Other examples include orangutans applying plant material to injured muscles, cats, Mm. dogs, bears, and deer eating plants as self-medication. I just think it's fast. I just think that's a very interesting thing for chimps to be doing. They're they're playing doctor on themselves. Who knows? Like, you know, like the 15, in the 1500s, People were drinking vomit and, and, and like pouring blood in their eyes, you know, just try to figure out like why people were getting sick and they were yeah. casting out demons. Maybe these chimps in a few hundred years, they'll have MRIs and CT scanners. And in a yeah. few hundred years? Well, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Sure. Who's yeah. who, 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 what's, what's for us to say? <laughs> so let's see what you know about folk medicine. Oh. oh. Yeah. In this pop quiz, see Yikes. if you can figure out which of these are actual old-timey folk remedies and which of these are ones that I made up. Hmm. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. yeah. Captain. Sure. All right. According to the medical journal, the prestigious medical journal, The Reader's Digest, <laughs> in Europe and up to until the 20th century, people cured sore throats by applying what to their bodies? A, A, salt herring on the soles of the feet. Mm. B, a rope bracelet made from the entrails of a thief. (laughs) C, dirty socks wrapped around a neck. D, A, and C, or E, all of the above. Uh, I have a question about this. Sorry. In Europe and up until the 20th century, when does that begin? Up until the 20th century? Like, when does it start? The 20th century? Isn't that, that's the 1900s, right? Yeah, but I, like the beginning. That's the I, 20th yeah. century. I literally end. don't until know the answer to that question. The the, the, somehow, Mallory. BC. The, In Europe, to me, it seems like it's the beginning. <laughs> like, Europe until the 20th century. Somehow, Mallory, the Reader's Digest forgot that important detail. <laughs> Apparently, Neanderthals were that's running true. around making rope, rope bracelets from the entrails of a thief. <laughs> That's the one I want to be true, but it's probably well, you're, not. You're a sick, sick man. <laughs> well, when you say rope, like, is it, are you saying they're processing the entrails into, like, a fiber, or is it just, like, you're taking the entrail and... Interesting. You know, Interesting I'm question. Just, yeah. That is a question that needs to be answered. I, yeah. <laughs> you know. It definitely needs to be answered. Uh, yeah. What I do we think? I think socks were invented. <laughs> oh my god i feel like it would be it would be easier to wrap stockings around your neck than so- i mean i'm going with d i think i could i see the dirty socks you know opens the nasal passages uh, you know and the soles of the feet i don't know maybe the, the sodium salt herring salt herring on the soles of the feet. so you're saying you're saying salt A and B A and C salt herring on the soles of the feet and dirty socks wrapped around the neck. Mm. That is that is well, what you know I'm what saying. you could do. That's you could take the salt herring, put your socks on, walk around a whole bunch. The combo. And method. then you get like, yeah, combo. Yeah. Combo effect. 
Mm. And then wrap eh? your herring-filled socks around your neck as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Exactly. The entrails of a thief. Is yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So it's just all the above. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, why not? What I learned in medical school is that I don't. I, I I decided not to answer questions based on what I think is right. I answer them based on what I want to be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of the above. That's really mm-hmm. how. That's really how it works. Yeah. 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 We we. We want things to be true, and thus they are true. Yeah, things have the the ring of truth, truthiness, <laughs> magical thinking. Yeah. All right. Does everybody answer? Does everybody feel happy with their answers? Sure. All right. The answer is D, A, and C. Ooh. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> salt herring on the soles of the feet and dirty socks wrapped around the neck. Also, bacon can be wrapped around the throat for a at, oh. bed, at bedtime specifically for a similar cure. Cook raw. And let me tell you. Well, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but if you wrap cooked bacon around your neck and you're sleeping in my bedroom, <laughs> there will be bacon in the morning. <laughs> We're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel something interesting in the middle of the night when I, when I need a little pick me up. All right. Oh, wow. Another, <laughs> another English remedy for back pain calls for sufferers to lie down and roll around on the ground at this specific moment. Is it A, when a relative dies? What? B, they hear the call of the spring's first cuckoo. 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 You know, cuckoo, I guess. Yeah. Okay. The reigning monarch, when the reigning monarch blows out his birthday candles. (laughs) Or D, when they see a black cat. I'm going with B. It's got to be that cuckoo. Nick says B. Yeah, the good old cuckoo. The spring cuckoo. Yeah. Seems like. It's going to cure your back pain. See, you got to be paying attention for the spring's first cuckoo. <laughs> no back pain for the rest of the year, right? Well, that's why it doesn't work is because you can just be like, oh, looks like you missed it. Looks like that was actually the spring's <laughs> second one. Yeah. yeah. It would require <laughs> you to have to know yeah. all of the cuckoos. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. You have access to all of the cuckoos, yeah. Also, what if you get back pain like the, in the fall? You have to yeah. wait a half of a year. For that, yeah, that's why I think it's D because I feel like you'd be more likely to see a black cat. You know, well, around town. Dying, I feel like be like pretty common. <laughs> Depends. They had the plague. Yeah. yeah, was this during the plague? Yeah, uh, this when? is during the old days. I don't, I don't know yeah, exactly when, but <laughs> people are always dying. Yeah, so you're not dead, but your back feels better. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm in a. You're go like with... waiting for be like, would somebody please die? My back is killing me. I'm going to go with A for some sort of juju. Like, yeah, when like your relative dies, they can take the bad spirits away. Oh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. All right. So no, oddly, I think nobody's choosing C, which I think is a solid guess. Okay. The, 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 the reigning monarch blows like, out his birthday candles. Sounds so like you're like, upset. No one chose your fake answer. <laughs> the, king's, the king's wish. That you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They probably ascribed all kinds of. Uh, okay, clearly that's not the answer. Yeah, yeah. The answer is uh, B. When they hear nice. the oh. call of the spring's <laughs> yeah. first cuckoo, in North Carolina of days past, similar advice called for sufferers to roll over three times when they hear the song of the whippoorwill. So, birds, birds cure your back. They were probably just stretching their backs. It could have rolled over <laughs> any old back. time and yeah. three yeah. times, and you, maybe your back would feel better. I don't know. It's true. Yoga. All right. An old remedy for rheumatiz. 
Rheumatism. <laughs> Rheumatism. <laughs> what we call arthritis today, right? A whole host of diseases, you might say. Yeah. Rheumatism? Yeah, I think, I think there's actually Educate a doctor is called rheumatologist. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the street. We're on the street. Is. An, old remedy, an old remedy for rheumatism was to do what? A, kill a mouse, stuff it with garlic and burn it at midnight. <laughs> B, kill a rattlesnake before it could strike, mm. skin it, dry it, and put it in a jug of whiskey and drink it. Whoa. Kill a badger, grind its entire body into a paste and smear it on your painful bits. <laughs> or D, kill a flea and just eat it. Can't kill a flea. I feel like the blood price said this. Is... <laughs> yeah. Would get rid of your pain just because you would be passed out. I mean, bees. Uh -huh. What I would want to do. Yeah. Out of those. The, the rattlesnake isn't important, but the whole thing whiskey could work. Like, yeah, I get it that there's whiskey involved, but well, it's basically just tequila. Dead <laughs> <laughs> of a worm. It's a rattlesnake. Yeah. I'm not eating no worm either. I I don't know where that comes from, but it seems like there's that would be that. That would be a gross flavor mm. of whiskey. I mean, well, maybe. Maybe that everyone, would make it better. Everyone says snake just tastes like chicken, but it's everyone. Chicken oh. whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, literally everyone. Okay. All of my friends. <laughs> I guess I guess the worse it tastes, maybe the better it would feel like it's whiskey. Sure. Yeah. So, if, I uh, yeah. I mean, I think that if you drank a jug of whiskey... You're going to feel something, yeah. and it's not going to be your rheumatism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it occurs to me that, I mean, it says, I guess it says drink it, which, which may be just drink some of it. Oh, oh. the whole bottle. Yeah. See, I thought you had to I drink the whole, whole, the whole bottle. bottle. Yeah. The whole bottle. Nobody, nobody is, uh, nobody's interested in uh, grinding a badger, a dead badger into a paste and. Must be too many Wisconsin fans here. I feel like I garlic. Stuff it with garlic. I, I, personally, I yeah. would go for A. I, I would go for a. a. I think, honestly, that sounds like that wouldn't be that bad because it's... It is the <laughs> least... Is garlic anti-inflammatory? Yeah, yeah. It's Maybe. Supposedly. It has you just burn it. You don't like... Yeah, you're not you're consuming eating it. So. Oh, you could eat it. Uh, that wouldn't be right. that bad. There's it's no to be garlic. And then if it has fleas and you get the plague. Yeah. Well, that's so. what the burning is for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Burn yeah. the fleas. Yeah. It's autoclaving. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the answer is uh, B. Oh. Oh, hey. On fire over there. Wow. Uh, kill, a, kill a rattlesnake. Yeah. Uh, skin it dry. Put in a jug of whiskey and drink it. Um, it's important that you kill the rattlesnake before it could strike. I mean, yeah. if it strikes, you probably wouldn't feel your rheumatism anymore. I mean, it's, thing. it's, it's, it's multi, you win on multiple levels. Yeah. <laughs> Some modern studies, of course, suggest that snake venom may contain peptides that can turn off pain signals. So mm -hmm. there you go. Maybe, maybe this works. You put a disclaimer like we do not. I'm not going to recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking yeah. That's not what venom. I'm going to do. Yeah. It turns off that turning turning off pain signals is not the same as getting rid of rheumatism. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question then. If you have a bedwetter, Nick, uh -oh. this is gonna this is gonna be useful for you. Is this, I, I don't know. Are you saying I'm a bedwetter? <laughs> <laughs> you have small children. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're probably more likely to wet the bed than me. I bet. Yeah. If yeah. you have a bedwetter among your children, Nick, I'm not saying you do. <laughs> I don't. This remedy advises that you make the child, uh, A, eat a rotted mouse, uh, B, chew on a poisonous stick, 
<laughs> C, press, press a small Poisons. hot coal to their lower back. Oh, yeah. Or D, accept a light tap on the butt with a, with the skull of a finch. <laughs> well, the poisonous stick would probably take care of that. <laughs> probably. Yeah, what, what is a poisonous stick? I don't know. <laughs> you don't have any, it didn't say. You don't have any poisonous sticks lying around your house? <laughs> I, don't I bet you so. got all kinds of poisonous sticks. You know, you yeah. go outside and you look at an arborvita, it's probably poisonous. Yeah, it just got to chew on them. Yeah. Just see see which one's poisonous and which one's not. I mean, it's all like, what's the LD50 of a poisonous stick? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> do we have a? Jeez. Do we have any guesses about this one? Uh, I'm gonna go with the hot coal. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like child abuse. Do. Yeah, but it does <laughs> seem like something that uh, people would do, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it, does, it, it does feel like it's from that era. Of, yeah. <laughs> Whatever era it is, we haven't decided that yeah. one yet. Yeah, you're right. I will tell you that this remedy comes to us from the year 1595. Oh, 1595. Yeah. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Maybe that will help. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that, 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 remember 14, that rhyme? 1594? 1492, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to remember so that. I just do it any date before uh, uh, 1700. I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we all on the I, uh, I, I'll go with D uh, I'm gonna throw a finch skull at him alright <laughs> I'm okay. probably throwing it but it's yeah. a light tap I mean, instead dude. of tapping from across the room I mean, you don't want to get pee on you yeah just throw exactly. it throw it at his little butt Mallory yeah what's your guess um I'm gonna go with the rotted mouth alright here we go they have to get up in the middle of the night to you know go to the bathroom probably anyways so it'll be good wake him up with a nice rotted mouth snack <laughs> exactly <laughs> gross Fair enough. Yeah, you're correct. It is eat a rotted mouse. Huh. <laughs> Jeez. All, right. All I know about this is it's from the the Widow's Treasure, published in 1595, as I said. So, oh, uh, good job, Mallory. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't know that that's gonna work. No, probably not. I think it might. <laughs> I think it might cure them of bedwetting. Might also cure them of life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's our show. That's all I got. That's, that's all it? I got today. That's it. Noah, Matt. Mallory, Nick, thanks for being on the show with me today. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having us. And what kind of D.O. stigma reinforcing dingus would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Our editors are Maddie Walleen and Nick Lind. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, Student Government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use but the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can. 
in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you, and I'm glad you're here, and other people are too. 